Welcome to Purpose and Productivity, a podcast made possible by the SkyPass Group of Companies and SkyLife Success. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings one and all. We're back again. Talking about this time, the probability and possibility beyond impossibility. As most of you know, I listen to quite a few different sources during the course of my morning preparation. And within there, amidst prayer and desire, I ask God, what can I give as words of hope that are cohesive and constructive to those that bother and painstakingly sacrifice their own time to listen to me, to get ideas and concepts that would take them to a new level of understanding about their own possibility, about their own probability. One of the writers I stumbled on this morning, who I listen to quite often, is a new audiobook I downloaded by F.W. Borum called Mountains in the Mist. Borum, of course, is uh, one of those writers who, from Ruth Graham to others, have all said had a prolific way of twisting a phrase and having everything make a divine connection of some sort to see that there is nothing random. But, like always, I want to give you a little bit of a backdrop of this morning. The sun has not yet cracked over the horizon. It is early. It is still dark. You can hear if you peer carefully. I don't know if the microphone is picking it up, but the gentle lapping of the waves as they crash on the shores. A sound that takes me back to my youth when I grew up by the ocean in India and awoke to the sound quite constantly. In fact, when I first left that sleepy southern Indian town and went to the northern part of India to get an education, eventually meet my bride, desire to pursue her and other opportunities, and brought me to the West. The first couple of nights in Ghaziabad, which is outside of Delhi in northern India, I couldn't sleep replaced by this calmness of the waves crashing against the shoreline and receding and remembering the power of the ninth wave and remembering frolicking in the water. I was suddenly drawn to a world where my hostel or the boarding area where we stayed was right next to a major highway and it was replaced by the cacophony of the horns that are never ending on the streets of India as the truckers would zip through the town late at night because that would allow them to overcome the challenges of traffic. So what has this got to do with probability and possibility as I sit on this balcony of this resort for what will be the last day of our time here? In this morning's uh, listening voyage, Borum brought to the illustration about how many things in this world seemed impossible when they first began and are now part of probability. He said, would uh, the Odyssey and Iliad of Homer have had any understanding at that point that at some point in the future, people could scroll with their fingertips across an electronic page and gather their thoughts from all those thousands of years ago? 
In those days, maybe the feather-tipped uh, quill dipped in ink was the way in which they wrote on some kinds of parchment that were rudimentary and crude. But in their possibility of that time, what seemed impossible was the world we live in now when we recapture the wonder of their words and their voyages and how that has been brought to both screen and life and text and prose in a myriad of electronic ways that are seemingly so convenient that we can go back through the annals of history and look at the possibility that came when something was impossible. Growing up in India by the ocean, as I said, uh, shortwave radio was our only way of communication. Television didn't come to that town till the early 70s, and I had seen one in 69 in Hong Kong, and I was mesmerized by technology, but we had a shortwave radio, and our desire to understand Western programming to take us down that wondrous land of understanding the English language being broadcast on BBC or Voice of America that emanated from the shortwave radio waves of uh, Radio Salon was how we would try to get a glimpse of the outside world. And we would tune that radio to the best of our ability with the manual knob with our ear pressed against the speaker, trying to make the adjustment to get a clear sound. Now from Marconi's original uh, experiments with the radio waves and those rudimentary uh, days of old when we had a shortwave radio pressed up against our ear, perched on our shoulder, turning that knob, trying to get a glimpse of what the world was offering. Now we have instantaneously about 700 channels in every home that you can screen through. And the biggest issue this morning or any other morning I've been here is how quickly will the Wi-Fi respond to my request and search for information. But when I remember listening to the shortwave radio and trying to find those voices of wonder, I never in a million years thought of the possibility of sitting on a veranda, hearing the waves in the distance, a microphone clipped to my lapel, plugged into an iPhone, delivering and recording a message that when I hit play or when I hit publish will instantaneously be available to all the people who will listen across the globe. The possibility of today and the probability of tomorrow, what seems impossible is just that, something that will be possible down the road. When I was listening to Borum's explanation of the different things taking Newton's law of gravity and Newton's conditioning of gravity, probably in his mind, he was able to define what it is, uh, he was defined how it exists, but he could never define why gravity exists. But we have used his formulae, we have used his, his methods, we have used his methodology to calculate the gravitational pull of stellar objects or interstellar objects and successfully accomplish a moon landing. But what seemed uh, possible for Newton at that time in understanding the simple tenets of gravity, if he had to fast forward in his own mind as a scientific genius and the author of that principle of Mathematica, which every scientist used, I don't think Newton in a million years could have envisioned where we would have taken the concept of gravity and how we would have reshaped humanity. Now, all of these things are basically designed to give you an understanding into tomorrow. When you look at the possibility of today, has the word impossible entered your lexicon? And this was Borum's original premise. This was my original premise. 
Anytime you look at the word impossible, look back into the annals of time and ask yourself, how many of the people at that time could have envisioned a transatlantic voyage? When people were messing around with uh, very crude propellers in barnyards and trying to launch themselves off a building, i.e. the Wright brothers, did they ever envision supersonic travel as as the extension of their original idea? And that's what I want to focus on for the little time we have this morning as we begin our meetings here and as you begin your day wherever you are. The question is, what do you think is impossible at this stage that can be probable even just as early as tomorrow, maybe next week? And every time you have a doubt about what is possible, I want you to look back in time and ask yourself, How many things in your own journey have become possible and have become probable that you thought were impossible when you were a kid or when you had, when your wonder was limited? One of the stories is told about how wonder changes with age and it says that when you're a child and you read a fairy tale story and the fairy tale story has a dragon and you're a child of two with limited imagination, your eyes light up because at that time just the imagination that there could be something called a dragon. You know, in Aesop's fables we all that we learned as children, we it was wondrous for us, but it was almost normative for us to begin to say that, okay, animals can talk to human beings. But then on a normal day when you talk to your dog, your dog does not have a conversation back to you. So in a fairy tale world, just having a monster is enough. But as you grow up, the monster now has to be at the front door and the monster has to be knocking at the front door for you to have the intrigue and the fear that if monsters are real, then they are not just in your imagination. They have to arrive into the world we live in for that enchantment to exist or for that wonder to increase or for that wonder to amplify. Now you grow a little older, it's not just enough to know that monsters exist or monsters are on the other end of the door. The story has to say, yeah, there was a knock on the door and you dared in your imagination to go and open the door and that becomes the intrigue. So every step of the way that we have journeyed through life, we have added a layer to our wonder to make what was impossible more possible. But if you look now through time and we look at, uh, I grew up uh, reading stories of monsters and I grew up uh, understanding the, you know, being read Aesop's fables, but I never in a million years imagined that I would come to a point in my life where uh, I would actually visit a place called Disney where these things would be made to come alive. Not only would they be made to come alive, they would be exhilarating rides in amusement parks on roller coasters that take you through this imagination and allow that imagination to peak its things. So when Jurassic Park came out, everybody marveled at the scientific ability of the movie and the imagination therein. But now Jurassic Park, the ride would be the next thing. What else? Humanity has always asked what else, and that is where the possibility and probability of what we originally thought impossible begins to peak us. The same is true with motivation. Maybe when you're a child, you're eager to read, uh, then you're eager to write, then you're eager to get published, then you're eager to become noted and to have notoriety, and eventually you want other people to read you to engage their own senses. 
one of the gentlemen in India who I had admired quite profusely when I was coming up in India was a gentleman by the name of Shashi Tharoor. He's a member of parliament in India right now, uh, representing uh, the state of Kerala, I think the district of Thiruvananthapuram, which is a tongue twister of a word, but I'm Indian, so I guess I can say it comfortably. But Dr. Shashi Tharoor was an undersecretary of communications with the United Nations. And uh, even today, he is known in memes and in life, even in his own comedy sketch that he did or dared to do once, uh, makes fun of his own intellectual veracity and amazing vocabulary. So when I was coming through the ranks in India, aspiring to move to the West, my first thought was, is there anybody of Indian origin who has captivated the world stage with their vocabulary? Now, Rabindranath Tagore had won a Nobel Prize for Literature for Gitanjali, but that was before my time. Who is a contemporary person who is, who is aware of politics, who is involved in everyday life, who grew up in India, who understands the village life? And I started pouring into his books and understanding. I had the privilege of shaking his hand, albeit briefly, and I'm just not dropping his name, not that he would know me from Adam. But I had the privilege of attending a lecture of his in Dallas, holding one of his books, because it was my dream to meet him. At that time in my life, I never imagined that one day I would write and other people would read my work and then six books later, people would ask me to send my works to them or read my works or document. Now, I'm not doing this to brag on myself to say I have arrived in any capacity, but my wonder that Dr. Tharoor gave me for this vocabulary was the reason why even till today I will try to read Elizabethan prose, Victorian uh, literature, and have a dictionary side by side. So when you read someone like uh, Aldous Huxley's Chrome Yellow, uh, you don't go through a, a, a a paragraph before you find a word that has never before in your vocabulary been used and yet he is describing a common idyllic setting in a neighborhood and he's throwing these words out like everybody should know them. But that's wonder. That's the possibility that when you grow up trying to tune that shortwave radio, you never imagined that one day you'd be sitting next to three devices, reading one, writing in the other, and using the third to be a lecture, to be a dictionary for you. So all this to say that anytime anything seems impossible to you, look back in time and ask yourself, how many of the things that you take for granted today began as an impossibility? Would, uh, when uh, the people were traipsing across the lands trying to discover one part of the world and the other in these long expeditions, even Lewis and Clark were trying to go from the central part of the United States to the ocean, did they imagine at one time in the future, based on their expedition and some of the navigation they took, that there would be a transcontinental road or a highway system or a intercontinental uh, interstate highway system that Eisenhower would be responsible for. And people could just actually look at a map and decide how to go from point A to point B. Not only that, you could expand your map on certain applications with just your fingertips and see all the wonder around that people at one time didn't know existed, just a stone's throw from them. So this morning, I want you, as the sun begins to come over the horizon and the night begins to fade and the day begins to arrive, at my end, I want you to have wonder. I want you to look at the impossibility of today and ask yourself, what seemed impossible just a week ago, a month ago, a year ago that is now possible? What seemed impossible in your childhood that now is taken for granted? 
what seemed so far-fetched when you were in a village in your own life and today in an apartment complex overlooking a busy seat you can just pop toaster you can pop bread into a toaster have instant toast uh, packaged butter uh, you know prefabricated eggs whatever it is that piques your curiosity or stokes your wonder but ask yourself if all of those have come to pass, what seems impossible today to you that will become possible in the tomorrows of your life? Dream big dreams and start writing down these things and ask yourself, you know what? Nothing is impossible. Impossibility right now is just a thought to myself that it hasn't yet been discovered or people don't know it yet. This was the way they thought in the old. This was the way they believed in the old. And now whatever they thought impossible is possible. So there is no word called impossible in my lectionary, in my dictionary. It is just that it does not exist right now. And I can do one of two things. I can wait with bated breath and hoped anticipation that it will arrive in my lifetime, or I could put pen to paper, or I could put thought to an intellect to, to process and be the creator and the inventor of it. Benjamin Franklin uh, decided that the library system was needed when someone he borrowed books from said you need to return them every so often, which means you can take my books, but I need to have a system in which I know you're the one who took it. And he thought, wow, if accountability is the only thing needed for one book to be with someone else and the person who cannot buy a book can actually invest and borrow another book and all you need is a system to document that borrowing, the library system is born. So ask yourself, how many things can you yourself make from impossible to possible? How can you take sacred thoughts and simple thoughts and structure them into sovereign thoughts and singularly magnificent thoughts? So until next time, make the impossible possible, make the improbable probable, and arrive in tomorrow, not just with the wonder of yesterday, but with the execution of today. This has been Purpose and Productivity with Krish Denham. God bless. That concludes another episode of Purpose and Productivity with Krish Dunham, brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at krishdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com, where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.